Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the start of the college basketball season and the football team shutout. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is ESPN and SNY college basketball analyst Tim Welsh. Coach, it's always a pleasure to have you on, and I want to get you started on this one. A lot of excitement around the Syracuse basketball team this year. They're coming off a Final Four run. They're ranked again in the preseason top ten. Is the preseason hype legitimate? I really believe it is. After spending some time up there a few weeks ago, going to practice, uh, having dinner with Jim Beheim, talking to the players, talking to the staff, and just seeing the team up close and personally, I just think they're so deep and you know, they've got experience, they've got size, and they they lost a lot. There's no question about it. They lost a lot of experience when you look at what they lost in the backcourt and, and some of their other players. But, you know, what they return, you know, when you talk about Michael Carter-Williams and Brandon Trish, you know, two guys that were winners, Trish, four years, you know, Michael Carter-Williams, one of the top point guards in the country last year, and you've seen what he's doing in the NBA currently. But I think they've done a nice job. I think probably the most underrated thing that Syracuse staff has done over the last maybe 10 years, maybe even longer, is is uh, player development. And you look at that, and I look at a guy like Trevor Cooney, and you look at different players in their development, Daywan Coleman and Jeremy Grant, just their improvement I've seen in, in this short period of time from the end of last season and now I think has been tremendous. And that goes to their work ethic and also the coaching staff and you know, Tyler Ennis is an important player. He's, he's probably the most important player. He's going to run the team. And the point guard in the Jim Beheim system is the most important player. And I think Ennis is going to be handed the keys, and I'm certain he's going to be ter- terrific. Jim has a lot of confidence in him. and He's intelligent. He's talented. He's mature. And uh, I think he's going to get the job done for them. So I think you're going to see a lot of wins and a lot of fun nights up in Syracuse again this year. You know, Coach, it's interesting you bring up Tyler Ennis because he's going to play a lot of minutes as a freshman, but he's not going to play 40 minutes a game. And his backup, Duke transfer Michael Benege, 
kind of struggled a little bit in the exhibition or exhibition opener. Do you see that as possibly being an Achilles heel, kind of that uh, backcourt depth? Well, only it's only an Achilles heel if if Ennis uh, gets hurt. And if, but if he doesn't get hurt, you know, it's college basketball. Jim's had point guards in the past that just never come out of the games. He's got one <laughs> couple right on his bench, and Jerry McNamara and Adrian Autry. He never took them out. I don't believe. <laughs> A lot of the years that Jim's been successful, he didn't really have a quality backup. They didn't have a quality backup point guard last year, but it didn't, it didn't really hurt them. I mean, Brandon Trish swung over there and played the position. I think that's all Benjay's got to do. I mean, the way college basketball is now, I mean, especially this year with the new rules, and it's going to be a dramatic change about how much pressure and physicality you can put on the ball handler, on the point guard per se. So, you know, the point guard position probably in that regard as far as being a backup won't take on as much you know pressure as maybe in the past but if Venice is healthy there's no problem because he's going to play about 38 minutes a game in the games that count or even more so i think that that won't be a problem and you know jim usually figures out a way to to make it happen and you know what the benefit you see now is not going to be the guy you see in january right. for sure because again not only do they practice every day, but they do individual work. They do a lot of film work, and he's got three quality point guards and assistant coaches that are going to work with him beyond the hours that are necessary to learn the position. Now, do you, you, earlier you mentioned you were up uh, in Syracuse a couple of weeks ago looking at practice. Uh, how much does C.J. Fair excite you coming back? Could have went to the NBA. Now he's here for his senior season. What did you see in him? Well, talking to Jim at the after the Final Four, it was a legitimate uh, decision that he had. It was on his plate that he had, you know, he was thinking of going to the NBA. I thought in Jim's voice he might have thought that he was going to go, but you know, he made the right decision. He's already being talked about as one of the elite players in America, and you know that sometimes is, comes with the good and the bad, and there's a lot of pressure, but. You can handle it if you've worked on your game and you've developed, and he's done that as well. And what I've noticed from him, he's, I think he's ready to take the reins as the go-to guy, as the guy who can take the ball in the last possession and go get a basket, and whether it's on the baseline, in the lane, off a rebound, in transition, or even an outside shot. And, you know, that last piece is very important because I think that was maybe the weak part of his game. Not a tremendous ball handler. He's better now. He's better with his right hand. He's, he's stronger. He's more physical. He can get into the lane. So, these, these college basketball teams, he's a man amongst boys, so to speak. You know, college basketball is so young. When you look around the country, the good teams, you know, basically are all freshmen and sophomores. So he's, he's a man, and he looks like a man because he's physically stronger than he was a year ago, and he's developed an outside game, I think, where you'll see him be able to knock down three-point uh, three shots with a lot of consistency. Coach, uh, you just mentioned you talked to Jim Beheim, and how excited is Coach Beheim to be coaching this first year that Syracuse is in the ACC? Oh, I think he's really excited. You know, it's two years in waiting now, and there's been so much talk about them leaving and the history and the nostalgia of the Big East and who you're going to play and the Georgetown and this. And now it's finally just about basketball and, and the league and their schedule that's up, up at hand. And the Big East is a is a really a great memory for them, but that's what it is. It's a memory they've got to move on, and I think they're really excited, and there's a lot of buzz up in the Syracuse area. I know the season tickets are way up, and the talk of the Duke and the Carolina games, but not only them, you know, the nice part about it, I think, for Syracuse as they transition into the ACC is there will be some solid familiarity there with Notre Dame and Pittsburgh, and then, of course, Boston College 
been there from years past. So it'll in Maryland is an Eastern type school for this year. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, the, the games against Miami and Florida State, Clemson, Wake, Georgia Tech will seem a little strange at first, but I think the fans will get used to it. And uh, those ACC teams, they better get used to it as well because it, they're used to running up and down the floor, which Syracuse likes to do, but they will make them screech to a halt on the defensive end when they stop and have to take a look <laughs> at that 2-3 zone, which will be real interesting to see how the ACC teams react to that. Coach, I'll get you out of here on this one. Every time you've come on this podcast, you've made some sort of prediction. Each time, you've been spot on. So I wanted to get your take <laughs> on how far you think this team can go this year. Well, you know, I really think that they're a team, again, that can make a run in the tournament, a deep run. And, you know, those become so tough to judge at this time of year because of the fact that you don't know what injuries take place, you know, what teams will emerge. But they're going to be there. They're going to have the ability, if their team stays intact without injuries, they're going to have the ability at the end of the year because they have the talent and they have the coach that knows how to navigate the murky waters, not only the season, but of the NCAA tournament. And I think this team, again, could be real special because of the fact that they've got a great senior and they're going to have a terrific point guard and they've got tremendous size and defense. And that will, again, be their staple, the 2-3 zone. So I think you'll look to see Syracuse deep deep again in the month of March. Coach, thanks so much for coming on the program. As always, take care. We'll check back with you later in the college basketball season. All right. Great to be with you guys as well. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to have Coach Welsh on. Such a knowledge, such a depth of experience, and it's always a pleasure to talk to him. I'm now joined over the phone by my very good friend and the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief, Brad Freeman. Brad, how are you? Doing well, Wes. Thank you. Uh, Brad, ugly, ugly win for Syracuse against Wake Forest this weekend, but I guess the mantra goes, a win is a win is a win, right? Absolutely. This time of the year, you want to win football games in November, right, to get to be bowl eligible, and Syracuse at 4-4, four and four, just two games away. They got it done, and I'm going to have to give a little credit maybe to Donovan McNabb and <laughs> that great uh, day-before speech he gave the team. It certainly resonated, it sounded like, with most of the players, and they can identify with the successful football players. Football players understand that, of course, and not a great, greater spokesman for the university and the program than Donovan McNabb. Now, Brad, the offense was just barely good enough scoring 13 points, but obviously they won that game because of the Syracuse defense. They had a nice rebound performance coming off that really tough loss to Georgia Tech. Uh, I, was, I was particularly impressed with how they got it back after the quarterback. When you get a shutout against a conference opponent, it has to raise eye, eyebrows. Uh, a great performance by the defense uh, over the course of the game. The offense, whatever adjustments they made after halftime, certainly seemed to work getting the running game going. And that's always been the mark of Syracuse football's offense, getting that running game going. And Terrell Hunt, I, I think you, know, you can see you know, the ups and downs that you would expect from a player that has had as little playing experience as he has. But if he can just be steady, uh, he, has, he has enough talent around him to work with, and uh, that's the key for him uh, as he continues here in November. Brad, you just mentioned Syracuse standing 4-4 four and four now on the season. They only need to remain um, – they only need to hang two more wins. They have Maryland this weekend. Then they have Florida State. We're going to probably count that as a loss. Then B.C. and Pitt. It, it, it seems like the bowl projection is, is pretty bright right now. It seems like they're going to make it into the bowl season. It seems like that, Wes, but this game against Maryland is critical. The Terrapins are 5-3, and three, so they're just one win away from bowl eligibility. You have Syracuse at 4-4, four and four, 
Pitt at four and four, BC at four and four, and of course those are two of the future teams on the schedule here in the next coming weeks. So critical to beat Maryland because BC has New Mexico State a non-conference game this week. They can add to their win total, and Pittsburgh has Notre Dame a non-conference game this week. They can add to the win total. So with Syracuse four ACC games, this Maryland game is so critical to getting to the six wins for eligibility. Now, Brad, you're going to be down in Maryland this weekend covering that game. What specifically should we be looking for in this game if Syracuse is going to win? I'd like to see the team come out like they did against NC State, an ACC game on the road, take it to them with the rushing attack, and then just have Terrell Hunt again stay composed, passing when he sees those opportunities as they mix up the game plan. And for the defense to keep it up. Maryland expects C.J. Brown, their best uh, quarterback, to be back after injuries. So the defense should be targeting Brown in this game, and Maryland's been hurt with injuries all over the place. So I'd like to see Syracuse take advantage of that. It seems like it's going to be a critical game. Do you see them pulling out a win on the road? I mean, if you had to make a prediction right now. I, I, I predicted in the preseason a one-point loss, so I'm gonna. It's gonna be close. It's you know, this could be an overtime game. I, again, if they can take it to the running attack, I, I can see Syracuse, you know, grinding out a road win uh, against a team that's you know very competitive. Well, I'm looking forward to that game, and I know you are too, Brad. Uh, Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts? I love the month of November, the one crossover month for SU football and basketball because, as we've talked about with football, can they get the necessary wins to get the back-to-back bowl seasons for uh, you know the first time since 98-99? Can't stress how important that is with all the extra practices and for recruiting. And then with basketball starting, wow, what can you say? Just a great month for Syracuse sports. Brad, I'm going to go down to Philadelphia. You're based in that area, and I'm going to talk about Michael Carter-Williams. The 76ers were supposed to be tanking this year to get Andrew Wiggins, but no one told that to Carter-Williams. The team is 3-1 and one right now, and Carter-Williams became the first rookie and only other rookie since Shaquille O'Neal to win Eastern Conference Player of the Week honors in his first week in the NBA. So he's had a great start to the season. Kind of wish we saw a little bit more of that at Syracuse, but he, he's, he's playing great right now. MCW for Mayor of Philly. (laughs) That's it for us. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that any dog under 50 pounds is a cat and cats are useless. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV and we'll see you next time.